There is no one more full of God in the history of the world than the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's why when the angel Gabriel came to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. That's actually the best English interpretation to use the word full of grace. Grace means a participation in God. Who participated in God more than Mary? Or God participated in her more than any other human being on the face of the earth. So Mary was so full of the Holy Spirit that her union with the Holy Spirit, that she became impregnated with the Son of God. How many of us are that full of the Holy Spirit? She was so full of Jesus. We say, you know, do you have Jesus in your heart? Is he your personal Lord and Savior? We say that. Mary was so full of Jesus. She had Jesus so much in her life, in her heart, in her being, in her spirit, that she was impregnated with Jesus, with the Son of God. How many of us are impregnated with Jesus? No, we're not impregnated. The closest we could come to Jesus is Holy Communion. That's when we have Jesus within us. That's when we have the fullness, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ within us. That's why if Mary is so full of the Holy Spirit and so full of the Son of God, where the Son of God assumes human flesh in her womb, he's fully God, he's fully man, fully divine, fully human, and the hypostatic union, I'm using all fancy words here, all you have to say is fully God, fully human, hypostatic union. That just means union between divine and human. Within the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, if Jesus Christ is there in his fullness in the Blessed Virgin Mary, then how should we honor the Blessed Virgin Mary? In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was the most revered object and all of the Old Testament. Why was the Ark of the Covenant the most revered object, sacred object in the Old Testament to the Jewish people? Why was it revered? Because it had the Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant. It had Aaron's rod in the Ark of the Covenant. It had the, what was called the Shobra in the Ark of the Covenant. And the Shekinah glory, the glory of God, which is similar to the Holy Spirit, was above the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was above the Ark of the Covenant. But think, if that was so holy in the Old Testament that the Shekinah glory was before the Ark of the Covenant, that's where they offer the sacrifices was before the Ark of the Covenant. On top of it was the mercy seat. And you had the Ten Commandments, which were made out of stone. How much more should the Blessed Mother, the new Ark of the Covenant, be revered? Because now she has the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory on top of her, who has impregnated her. She has not tablets of stone or a rod within her, but she has the true living bread from heaven, the Son of God. 
the second person of the Holy Trinity within her. Think about that. If the cherubim had their wings above the first Ark of the Covenant, how much did the cherubim have their wings above the new Ark of the Covenant, the Blessed Virgin Mary? That is why Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, when Mary greeted her, And you always think, how did Mary greet Elizabeth? What did she say? And the the comma expression in in Judaism was shalom. Shalom, which meant peace be to you. She probably gave her a shalom, ancient Jewish greeting. And when Mary, because she was full of the Holy Spirit, when she greeted Elizabeth, when her voice hit Elizabeth's ear, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See that? So Mary is full of the Holy Spirit. She speaks. And Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And her child jumps in her womb. Her child starts dancing in her womb, much as David danced around the ark. And God was pleased with that. John the Baptist is the new David who dances, not around the ark. He's dancing in his mother's womb. Elizabeth was probably saying, whoa, baby, what are you doing there? But Elizabeth was filled with joy, and then she exclaims, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Not only was Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, she recognized that Mary was blessed among women. How did she recognize Mary was blessed among women? Because she recognized the Son of God, the Messiah, was in her womb that Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And that's why she says, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then she says, how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's overwhelmed because she recognizes now Mary is the mother of God. She's the mother of my Lord. And what a great privilege And so she feels overwhelmed that Mary should visit her. Her, even though they're cousins, but her little Elizabeth. And then she says, for at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. That's why this is part of the joyful mysteries. And then she says, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Because it was Mary's faith that brought the incarnation of the word. And that's why when when Mary says, all generations shall call me blessed. That's why whenever we refer to Mary, we always call her the blessed Virgin Mary. Notice the word blessed. We always call her blessed. And so we're fulfilling our words every time we pray a Hail Mary or pray the rosary. We're fulfilling the words of the Magnificat, calling Mary blessed. But notice the word Virgin Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary. If you think about it, there's a great mystery and a great miracle that has happened. What's the great mystery? What's the great miracle? Why do we call her a virgin? You ever think of that? She's a mother. If you're a mother, naturally, when you become a mother, you're no longer a virgin. As soon as you become a mother, you're no longer a virgin. How could she be a virgin and a mother 
at the same time. That's where the great mystery lies. How could you be a virgin and a mother? And this is where the, the church has proclaimed what's called the dogma of the perpetual virginity of Mary. That Mary was a virgin before the birth of Jesus at the conception. She was a virgin during the birth of Jesus. And she was a virgin after the birth of Jesus. Now you're going to say, Father Anthony, that's impossible. How did it happen? I have no idea. I wasn't there at Bethlehem at midnight when Jesus was born. I have no idea. That's why it's a mystery. But I bow down to the mystery. I don't know scientifically. I, I, I just don't know. But I believe, and the church, the church has declared it as a dogma, and she was a virgin before, during, and after the birth of Jesus, and yet a mother at the same time because she conceived the Son of God. So Mary is unique of all women that have ever lived in the history of the world on the face of the earth. She's the most unique mother in the world and that she's the first and only virgin mother in the history of the world. No other woman has ever been given that privilege to be a virgin and a mother at the same time. That is why we honor her. That is why we call her blessed among women. Now, we don't honor Mary just for the sake of Mary. Mary always brings us to Jesus. Mary is always there bringing Jesus to us. So when Mary went to Elizabeth, who was she bringing with her? Who was in her womb? Jesus. She was bringing Jesus to Elizabeth. She was bringing Jesus to the infant John the Baptist. And wherever Mary goes, she always brings her son with her. That's why Mary is always full of Jesus. She, and she's always wanting to give us Jesus. That's why the best preparation for Christmas, especially this fourth week of Advent, is to prepare with the Blessed Virgin Mary. She will help you to prepare for Christmas. She wants to bring you her son. She wants to bring you that joy that she had in giving birth to her son. Even if fourth week of Advent, even if you've messed up all of Advent, you're not in the Christmas spirit, you feel like an Ebenezer Scrooge, you haven't gotten to the jingle, jingle, jingle and joy of the holidays and everything is going wrong and all your gifts and every, you know. And even if everything is going wrong so far in Advent, you can still have the joy of Christmas. If you think about Mary and Joseph, when they, they had to travel from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem on foot, they didn't have a car. They had a donkey, 
Now, I don't know if you've ever read a, rode a donkey for like 60 miles, pregnant, nine months pregnant. Try that one. Try that one. And they're on this long journey to Bethlehem. And then when they get to Bethlehem, all the hotels are booked up. The Holiday Inn is booked up. The Comfort Inn, you know, the other hotels, the Marriott's booked up. All the rich hotels are booked up. Even all the poor motels are booked up. They can't find a motel. It seems like disaster to Joseph. It seems like total, utter disaster. They can't, and he knows, Joseph knows by this time, Mary is carrying the Messiah, the Son of God. Where is he going to be born? It seems like total disaster. That Joseph cannot find a lodging for his wife and for the Messiah, and she's just about to give birth. And then they find this poor little stable that no one wants. Kind of like if you think of the stories of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a reindeer that no one wants because he's different. A stable that no one wants. A poor little cave that no one wants. And that's what God always chooses, is the ones who no one wants, the unwanted, the unloved, the poor of the world, the hungry of the world. And that's where he goes. He goes in the small little cave, And as he goes in this cave, it seems like it's disaster because the cave was probably a mess. It was like a pigsty. You ever see someone's bedrooms? Well, if you have a teenager, go into their bedroom. Pigsty. Because literally, well, there weren't pigs there, but there were animals and they were feeding. And there was a manger. And the manger was the place where the animals ate. Okay, I don't know if any of you are farmers out there. I'm not a farmer, but I know this much about it. If you have an animal eating out of something, it's pretty dirty. The animal slobber is going down. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty, they're eating hay. It's pretty dirty. And so Joseph probably saw this and probably was like, Mamma Mia! What is this? This is dirty. And so what they probably did to prepare last minute for Christmas is they probably swept the place, made it nice and tidy. Mary probably had the angels help her because they were tired from the journey. And she took the hay from the manger And she took out the old, dirty hay. And she put their fresh, clean, new straw for Jesus to be born. They probably made that little cave as beautiful as possible to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Mary had new swaddling clothes. And everything was prepared, even though it was poor, even though it was the poorest Christmas gifts that they could offer to God. And yet, they prepared for it in the best way that they could. And then, 
once they prepared everything and Jesus is born, unlike any child that was born on Christmas Day. Beautiful. He brought the light into that cave. He brought goodness and joy to the poor, the shepherds, the kings, those who would go and visit him. See, sometimes our preparation for Christmas is not about all the externals. Sometimes we can get worried about all the externals, that we don't have the right gift. You know, our shipping supply is like stopped in the ports in California. And sometimes maybe it's not about those externals. It's about the internal that really matters, our faith in Christ. What we can do for this fourth Sunday of Advent is ask the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to prepare the manger of our hearts for Christmas. If we have straw that's dirty, that's unclean, unkept, ask them to take out that dirty straw, put their fresh, new, clean straw in our hearts so that Jesus can be born there. And if we turn to the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, guaranteed for Christmas, they will bring you the gift of their child, Jesus, the Son of the living God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.